The Nerdalogs is a Chicago-based sketch group that writes comedy based on shared true, personal stories about our existence as lifelong nerds. We started your stories to give everyone a chance to do what we do, share their own stories, and foster a more heartfelt, welcoming nerd community. Your Stories is about embracing the weird and obscure in your life and asserting your geekdom with a group that gets your references. And, most importantly, Your Stories is a place to bring people up, not to put anyone down. Try to keep your stories around five minutes, laugh at jokes, cry if appropriate, and applaud everyone who has the guts to sit here, tell a story, and come out as a nerd. Hey everybody, my name is Eric Arnaud, and welcome to the first part of the Nerdalogs Presents Your Stories November podcast. The theme this month is sports, and our speakers have got stories about the very best sports of all for you guys. Uh, that, of course, is fantasy football, Madden, LARPing, water polo, and Pokemon. Yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, this episode, we're featuring stories from comedians Andrew Bentley and Charlie Madsen, theater proprietor Byron Hatfield, Poor Choices podcast host Mark Colum, and Erlogs member Chris Geiger, as well as music from myself and Dwight Hassler. At the top of the show, there's also a little bonus brought to us by comedian and regular storyteller Sawyer Heppies. Ah, uh, so guys, let's get real for a second. Can we get real? Alright, this is real. How do you feel about burlesque dancers, guys? And how do you feel about sketch comedy? Really? Wow, you don't say. That's great, because the Nerdalogs has an upcoming show with Chicago's Plan 9 burlesque company. Uh, we are super excited to share stage time with these ladies for an evening of nerdy dancing and sketch comedy that'll take place on Thursday, November 8th at the Pub Theater in Chicago. That's 3220 North Lincoln Avenue uh, at 8 p.m. We've got some material that you haven't seen before, so do come check it out. Uh, the next Your Stories recording will take place Sunday, November 18th at 7 o'clock at our usual location, which of course is the Upstairs Gallery in Chicago, 5219 North Clark. As always, the show is free, and we encourage any listeners who have the night off and happen to be in the area to come down and share stories with us. To celebrate this podcast turning one year old, the theme next month is annual. So think of your best story based on that concept, whatever it means to you, and share it with the world. Uh, thanks again for listening to our show, everybody. We really appreciate the support. If you have any feed feedback, please feel free to share it with us on our Facebook page, which you can find through our website, www.nerdologues.com. Also, if you really like this show, please think about tossing us a few bucks via PayPal to help cover stuff like web hosting. Uh, there is a donate button on the side of our homepage at yourstories.podbean.com if you're interested. Now, thanks again, and enjoy the stories. Uh, before we get the show on the road officially, uh, so our friend Sawyer, who speaks uh, on the podcast, has kind of a cool addition to this month's show to kind of add a game sport element to it. Sawyer has created the Your Stories drinking game. So if you guys, if you guys have alcohol, uh, Sawyer's going to give you the rules for this game right now, and we're going to see what happens with this. <laughs> Everybody came armed this week. All right, one drink every time a nerdy joke is made. Anytime someone laughs. Anytime someone refers to a band they're ashamed of. Uh, anytime Eric mentions the boss. Anytime, anytime Eric makes a pun. 
I am so sorry, guys. I still don't know. We gotta figure out the over under on it. Anytime someone refers to the podcast as an actual person. So that's one already. Anytime no one gets the joke but one or two people. Oh, sorry, we had two drinks. Someone refers to Reverse Flash. Eric defends a guilty pleasure band. Eric and Dwight play a song by the boss. If someone mentions Chris Geiger's It Gets Better. <laughs> Man, Dwight, I'm just going to be drinking all night. Dwight tells someone not to sit in his chair. <laughs> Kevin's story is some sort of sketch. <laughs> Marnie and or Sarah play the viola. Three drinks if reverse flash is mentioned by Sawyer or Eric. <laughs> Dwight messes up the lyrics and calls himself out on it. <laughs> Kevin does a character voice in his sketch. And you finish your drink if someone proposes, announces an engagement, pregnancy, or some sort of big celebratory news. No birthdays don't count. <laughs> Unless you want to finish your drinks right now. I get you guys, as Bruce Springsteen was. <laughs> Alright, so we're gonna play a couple songs where uh, it may not be immediately apparent while paper? we're playing them. The paper. So, try to figure out why we're playing these songs. But they're also cool songs.
boxing hat said, don't look back, you can never look back. Nice recovery there. <laughs> I appreciate you saying Deadhead instead of Black Flag. Thank you for doing that for me. Uh, you're welcome. <laughs> Alright, and for Don Henley. Two, three, four. Chosen's on a vacation! Some people stand and I'm gonna sit. That most mirrors my own personal experiences with sports here. <laughs> 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 
On hearing that the subject of this month's Nerdlogs was sport, my thoughts hitched, not singularly, I should think, given the season, onto fantasy football. Uh, this is my first year playing, and so, inevitably, every week brings some new flash of insight crashing down upon me like a bolt from the heavens. <laughs> I'll resist the urge, though, to expound on these strokes of personal genius. I'm far from the first nerd to machete my way through this particular jungle. <laughs> and I'll, I'll trust some old veteran, say, someone who didn't have to look up tight end on Wikipedia. <laughs> Uh, I will, though, say that in also playing XCOM Enemy Unknown this week, I experienced a disorienting juxtaposition when I switched from one roster to another. It's a dichotomy of give and take. As frustrating as it may be that Lance Moore doesn't seem to level up no matter how many games... <laughs> I do have to admit that he is at least marginally less likely to be incinerated by extraterrestrial plasma on any given Sunday. <laughs> but is this fair? That question brings me to the teeth of my observations for the evening. Footballers are American royalty, hallowed and feted by our society for essentially the same reasons as modern European royalty, tradition and entertainment. But while Princess Brigella of Hungary might at least be asked to officiate some dreary festival of national heritage, or marry her third cousin with a hair lip and his own branch at the local tabloids, <laughs> NFL players are really only asked for one thing beyond their intrinsic duties as sportsmen, to be role models. And they don't exactly, pardon my mixed metaphor, knock it out of the park. <laughs> They're not the worst people. But if Steve Harvey, but if, but if Steve Harvey had you in his sweaty polyester grip, forcing you to name an institution a hundred people might have called bastions of moral rectitude and social responsibility, admit it, it wouldn't be footballers. Somewhere among the Wheaties boxes and Gatorade bottles and designer cock rings, we've rescued. <laughs> we've we've recused them from their accountability to youth of Middle America. I stand by it. <laughs> this is unacceptable. In the Aztec Empire, a prince was chosen on an annual basis. He was pampered, honored, waited on hand and foot, and deferred to with absolute obedience. And at the end of the year, to ensure a good crop of maize, he was executed. I would advocate for something similar. <laughs> Don't don't get me wrong, our out-of-control ethanol industry is by no means in need of further subsidy by way of human sacrifice. But perhaps the likes of... <laughs> it's so true! Yeah! Nailed it! Nailed it! <laughs> and all the But... Perhaps the likes of Ben Roethlisberger could do our impressionable progeny more use as an example of basic safety habits rather than the malleable double standard of our legal system. I'm sorry, we could say to our sons as they selected his jersey from the rack at our local Macy's. But didn't you see the papers today? Ben Roethlisberger was struck down in a crosswalk after forgetting to look both ways. Here are the autopsy photos. Alas, Andrew Jr., Michael Vick won't be playing this week. He got reckless and ran with scissors. Here's what's left of his head. 
And Kobe's no longer with us either, I'm afraid. We shot him because he's a rapist. <laughs> Of course, even dipping into other sports like that, there may not be enough obvious malefactors to fuel our nation's need for object lessons of household peril. So I'm afraid some of the virtuous might also be asked to make the ultimate sacrifice for the future of America's young men. After all, juvenile use of uh, Roman candles is at a four-year high. And how much football was Tim Tebow really playing this season anyway? <laughs> Thank you very much. First, I was going to talk about fantasy football, too, because I love it. And you guys play fantasy? I know some of you do. Yeah. Anyone winning today? No. Yeah! Yeah. 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 Bam! I've been playing Champion. for four years, and I've never figured it out. <laughs> it's luck. Yeah, I'm going to just pick all of the, the worst players. But do you know what a tight end is, though? <laughs> so, I so. you're setting yourself up for a bad pun. Yeah. yeah I, was, I really wasn't. I really wasn't. The best, the best. But I'm going to think of one now. Charlie Manson. Woo! I'm not going to lie, I do talk about tight ends in this. <laughs> Alright, so, uh, the last time I was here, we were talking, uh, I spoke a lot about my action figures, and I came out as an action administrator. <laughs> but now is the time to actually truly delve into this cavern of a topic for me. Um, when the topic of Nerdalogs was sports, I realized that there was no better place to fully reveal my secret hobby. A secret that includes video games, Excel spreadsheets, <laughs> Statistical analysis and fan fiction. <laughs> I have a slight obsessive nature when it comes to classification and organization. If I were a Batman rogues gallery, I would be the classifier. My alter ego would be Dr. Jonathan Ruh, or Jean Ruh for short. <laughs> I've never really watched or played sports as a kid. Uh, while the Broncos were winning their second Super Bowl, I was busy defeating the Sorceress Sisters, Kotake and Kume, in the Spirit Temple of Hyrule. In college, I had to start making new friends. And sports was such a large part of the conversation that I could ignore it no longer. The fastest way to learn about the rules of sports, the teams of sports, and the players of sports was to play NBA Live and Madden on PlayStation 2. <laughs> Slowly, I learned about three in the key and the value of an athletic tight end. A guy who blocks the line, then also you can use as a receiver. Just oh! Yeah. Uh, I played these games constantly because they were fun, also because they gave me more things to classify. I started to get an imagination about my players and teams in these games, and I realized that these were essentially just action figures, and I could organize them to different places. I started to think how fun it would be to make trades and reorganize teams. What if scenarios started running through my head, and I started to refurbish my rosters? In 2005, this blossomed into a retroactive continuity of both the NBA and the NFL. <laughs> Seven years ago, it was just scribbles on a piece of binder paper in my law class. <laughs> but now, for the first time in public, I will present to the people my private fantasy leaks. <laughs> Every year when Madden is released to the public, most people are excited to play the game. I am excited to update the rosters and the ratings with the improved year-over-year -year basis of statistics and numbers. All right, so this 
is the depth chart. This is just the top portion. <laughs> this is a screenshot because it's the most I could fit on this page. Sorry, podcast listeners. This is a partial screenshot of my depth chart. Seven years ago, I did a fantasy draft, and I decided to stay consistent from year over year. So every Labor Day weekend, I spend about 52 hours. <laughs> completely organizing every roster to fit the team of the year prior, set up the incoming rookie class, and sign free agents. During this time, I also multitask by catching up on Fresh Air and WTF podcasts. <laughs> All right. So this is the current division standings of the 2013 NFL season by conference, division, and league. Jeez. All wins and losses are determined through objectivity. <laughs> every week, every game is played on Madden, and I make it a CPU versus CPU, so the talent of the player speaks for itself. <laughs> Sadly, my Bears are 0-6. Uh. But it's a tough schedule, and they have Matt Castle as a quarterback, so... <laughs> what are you going to do? All right. Here are the line charts and graphs of the seasons mapped out over a weekly win basis on each division. (laughs) This is a week by week. The second set of lines is actually last year, so you can actually do a comparison. So if you zoom, you see the Bills aren't doing as well as they did last year. This is the line graphs of the maps of the total wins for each and every team of the past eight years of my life. The Jets and the 49ers are consistently the best, thanks to Mate, uh, Brady and Manning, retro, uh, you know, respectively. I actually have bolded the best teams over the entire conference, and then you'll see the dashed lines are actually the worst teams over time, which was the Falcons or the Redskins. The Redskins, yeah. Redskins. Redskins. Well, Roethlisberger actually almost won him a title two years ago, so... <laughs> I did say almost. Here are the Super Bowl champions from the last three years. Aaron Rodgers, Maurice Jones, Drew, and Calvin Johnson actually beat Roethlisberger last year. And then Erlacher and the Bills over the Seahawks. And then it goes on and on. Uh, For fun, I actually analyzed the statistics from the past 10 years to determine who would be the winners from 95 to 2002. And Brett Favre and his Cowboys won a lot. Um, the NFL season is swift, and it's interesting to see the parody of the wins every year. But this can only be resolved by actually playing the video game itself, which is fun. Uh, it's a joy to watch, too. I wish I could say the same about the NBA. <laughs> the last time we spoke... Uh, oh, I just turned back a page. Uh, let's see. The NBA is less time-consuming because there's only 50... 15 players per roster as opposed to 53, but there are too many games. So last year I decided if I'm going to be the commissioner of my fake league, I might as well make up the rules to my fake league. (laughs) So now the NBA season does not begin until Christmas Day, and we only play 65 games every year. (laughs) Here's the view of every single team's schedule from the last year. This is not determined by video games, this is their actual schedule. Um... And because they have eliminated season mode, I had to create the season myself. Not every game is played on the PlayStation 3, but wins and losses are determined by an average of points per game in a head-to-head basis. Of course, the best teams uh, have losses as well. Otherwise, it couldn't be completely objective. Uh, And Kobe Bryant would be completely undefeated with his New York Knickerbockers. 
<laughs> Here's a snapshot of the most competitive division this year. This is the Eastern Conference Athletic Division, uh, Atlantic Division. The numbers are points per game totals that I update weekly during my lunch break. <laughs> While watching television in this other view. I multitask. <laughs> also, the NBA playoffs became too predictable, so I instituted a single elimination tournament where the worst eight teams in both conferences would play for the eighth spot in the playoffs. Uh, and I also made the second prize the number one pick in the draft because, frankly, the lottery is complete garbage. <laughs> so, of course, we had some problems where the Hawks just kept winning because they were just so good. And that's just the draft. I mean, they just made good choices year over year. <laughs> um, out of curiosity, I also analyzed the stats from 1996 on so that these historic championships runs of Michael Jordan and his Los Angeles Lakers. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, yeah. So, uh, Nerd. <laughs> uh, uh, <clears throat> and next year I am actually considering bringing back the Vancouver Grizzlies and the Supersonics. <laughs> Smiley. <laughs> so, uh, to wrap this up, I know I've covered a lot of ground here and most of it is complete gibberish. <laughs> Uh, because I'm speaking my own crazy language <laughs> for the past five minutes. <laughs> but this is what I do every single day. And it's a form of relaxation and stress relief. And it should be healthy. My therapist says it's good. <laughs> but it's slowly becoming a distraction and an obsession. And it's problematic because I spend 12 hours in one day building one roster when I should be, you know, writing something or reading something. Uh, as fellow nerds, I'm sure you guys understand the fine line between hobby and obsession. <laughs> and that it doesn't really exist. Um, but this hobby has no social, spiritual, or health benefit to me. Uh, the mental benefit is completely debatable. And I wish I had something profound to conclude about this, but um, I couldn't finish it because I had to help Drew Brees and his Lions beat win a game this morning, so <laughs> that's as far as I got. Thank you. Thank you very much, Charlie. That is so impressive. I, I'm blown away by it. Unironically, I think that's fucking awesome. I wish I had the tenacity to do that. Right? Oh, it is. You guys want to play with me? Yes. Byron Hatfield, everybody. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah. When so when Eric when when I asked Eric what the subject was and he said sport, I was like, <laughs> "All right. Well, I just got winded walking up the stairs up here, so <laughs> my background on this subject might be somewhat limited." Um, I am somewhat larger now. I went through a very athletic and fit phase. This story takes place before that, though, when I was much as I am now. <laughs> so, and the lesson I'm going to teach is very simple. My idea, uh, the thing I want to talk about about sport is cheating. This is how I learned not to cheat. Uh, now, at this particular time, since we all know my athleticism at that moment, the sport in question, LARPing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Love action role playing, if you don't know. Um, so it's, it, and it really, it's not the traditional LARPing. Like, it wasn't like an enormous group of people that had all come together for a weekend and they're really doing it. This was that moment. Like, we played D&D &D growing up constantly. And there comes a moment when you're all sitting around a board <laughs> and the parents are gone for the weekend. You're all 13 and everybody's sort of like, you know, we could do this for real. <laughs> 
and we're sitting in my basement, and we all start looking around, and it's amazing what you can weaponize. It's, I look around, immediately I'm looking to my left, and I, and I think, I'm like, holy shit. I remember, like, there's an old shower curtain rod that I've looked at several times, and I'm like, this is the moment. This is what I've been waiting for. This is literally why I know this thing is here. So... I use a, like a rubber grommet and I put it down for like the handle guard. Um, and, and I might as well go ahead and say now, this is like literally cut to the montage. <laughs> your song starts playing, we're all looking at each other and we're like, let's do this. Let's fuck, let's do, let's put, like, we're gonna all take an hour, we're gonna build some armor, we're gonna get some weapons going, and we're gonna figure this out. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna fucking do this. we do. You know, montage, everybody's like running around the house, we're putting things together. I've got shield, I've got. It's a hand and a half. It's a bastard sword is what I've got. <laughs> Let's go ahead and get out. It was a really nice link. Everything was great about it. Uh, the problem is I'm also the DM of the group. So it's up to me to figure out how we're going to do this. Uh, the way I do it is like we, I literally build a mini adventures. Man, I'm, I've got scrolls that I've like semi-burnt so they look old. <laughs> I build a brazier in the forest out of gasoline. It's a fucking miracle my house didn't... <laughs> Just go up in flames at this point. So we lived on a rather large plot of very heavily wooded areas. Um, but man, I was like playing characters in hoods. I would go on to be a director, by the way, if you don't know me. Um, I was like, like wearing hoods. Everybody was playing different characters. It was a really amazing adventure. Um, so as we make our way around our small two-acre you know, plot of land doing this amazing adventure, people are fighting. It's frankly pretty awesome the first time somebody takes a wooden dowel spear that they <laughs> built and throws it at someone and we, there were somewhat safety measures you know we had put cotton around the end of things or not great measure like OSHA wouldn't show up and be okay with it but it was, was alright so the issue becomes this because I'm the DM dungeon master I am also, in my mind, the ultimate bad guy. So when the hero of the quest, Jason Hess, Jason's a really good guy. Jason also was a really good soccer player and athlete. So I don't know why I thought to put myself as his nemesis on the other side of this. <laughs> so we come to the final climactic battle. Everybody's been done. They found all the, the rubies and the treasures. And I've had a great time. Everybody's sort of sweating, except for Jason. <laughs> Fit. I take my bastard sword. Jason <laughs> had fashioned a morning star. He pulls out the... Here's a damn ball of wood he found and nailed... Like, hammered nails in. And I was like, Oh! No! <laughs> like, not backing down. That's my game. So we proceed to fight. Now, now we did a points-based system, so it was like touch-based. So if you're fighting, and you know, you pretty much aim for the weapons. It's like nobody's trying to kill each other here. We're having a good time. You try to get maybe a leg swap or something like that. Or, or we did have somebody that had a little bow and arrow thing you'd construct, or a little backpack full of spears. And you would throw. Uh, you know, if you get hit, you maybe had like three hit points, basically. So in this fight, Jason had to hit me an unknown amount of times. Three. Um, <laughs> I forced the issue because he got me three times. We're fighting. First of all, this thing's not a pleasant thing to get hit by, but it's not a big thing. Uh, I got some scrapes or whatever, but I, here's the thing I left out about my sword. So it's made to hold up a shower curtain. And at the very end, it fits in a little grommet. It means it's got an open edge 
around the side, which I did not put cotton on, because I didn't intend on stabbing anyone. But I did. When I stabbed Jason in the face, here's what happened. While we were searching for his tooth, Derek, our other friend, his mom goes ahead and pulls up now, because it's about time we were supposed to be done. She rolls up in their Subaru. And we're all just immediately in, you know, like just 13-year-old boy, like, cover mode. We're just like, what are we going to say? Like, I have, we're, we're here. We're in battle armor. He's bleeding out of his face. Derek is obviously holding a tooth. And we're just, nothing to be said. Um, if I just let him go to three hits... This would have never happened. He wouldn't have a fake hit. He wouldn't have a fake tooth if I'd just let him go. But I cheated because he got me three times and I went to four. And that guy lost a tooth for it. So I didn't really learn a lesson. But Jason <laughs> now knows to never let me cheat. I, at the start of that story, I was like, man, I kind of want to watch Role Models. And at the end, I was like, I want to watch your story in real life. That was awesome. Um, then we are on to the last story of our night, Mr. Mark Colum. Okay, our second to last story. I'm sorry. Chris is exercising his birthday, right? Don't make me close. I'm not a closer. Sports humor. Uh, this is good uh, I'm a big San Francisco Giants fan and they're playing right now so I've been checking they're winning but in hindsight when they lose later this podcast is going to be hilarious <laughs> uh, what do you do when all the horses drown <laughs> this single question haunted me for the entirety of my high school life I know it's hard to tell by looking at the doughy, sweaty fella built like knocked-up Seth Rogen as opposed to Green Hornet Seth Rogen, but once, a long time ago, I used to play water polo. When you tell people that you play water polo, they always uh, say the same thing. What do you do when all the horses drown? Yep. You're the first person that's asked me that. I had the same canned response. It's not as bad as you think, but it's hell pulling them out of the pool filter. A lame response for an even lamer joke. I had been swimming my whole life. I started uh, competing at eight years old, day after day, lap after lap, 25 yards wall to wall, over and over again. Swimming is an odd thing. You're constantly moving, but you're never really going anywhere. Water polo was a relief after all that time swimming. In polo, you swim towards a ball. You swim the ball towards a goal. And if you're any good, you throw a volleyball-sized ball past a goalie into a soccer-sized goal. Now the catch is the entire time, the opposing team is not only swimming after the same ball, but they're punching, kicking, and doing everything short of drowning you, and if truth be told, if the ref isn't looking, actually actively drowning you. <laughs> it's a combination of basketball, lacrosse, and rugby uh, in 6 to 12 feet of water. When you grow up spending all your time swimming, it leaves little time to play any other sport. As such, I am to this day unable to throw a basketball, uh, baseball, football, or shoot a basketball with any proficiency. So when I discovered polo, it was the first time in my life that I was actually good at a competitive sport. Polo at my high school was a rather serious endeavor. The team had been run, like all good high school sports, by a megalomaniacal despot who fancied himself a shaper of young minds. <laughs> in this case, this shaper was named Wes Lye. 
a five-foot, maybe six-inch guy who assured us that he had played water polo in high school, although he wasn't very good. He was determined to, uh, determined to turn all of us into Olympic-caliber athletes, whether we liked it or not. He was the kind of person that would try and guess your body fat for fun. A real sweetheart. When Coach wanted to make a point, he would do so by throwing a ball at the back of your head. I once saw him pull one of the flags that they tie backstroke uh, flags to, or I saw him pull one of the poles that they tie backstroke flags to out of the ground and throw it like a spear into the pool. He didn't hit anyone, but it wasn't for lack of trying. I honestly just think he wasn't that good of a shot. He made it his mission to ensure that we were in the uh, that we made water polo our mission. Our day started at 5:30 before school. We would swim laps and work on endurance. One favorite drill was to fill up an Alhambra water jug, you know, the, the kind they keep in your office. Uh, then you tread water while it emptied out, and you tried not to drown. Uh, I'm just going to save myself and you guys some time. Whenever I say something about polo, just add, and try not to drown to the end of it. <laughs> See, that really is the main objective of the game. Practice after school went from 3 to 5.30. <laughs> We'd swim some more and then work on the various aspects of the game. Uh, we would have games once a week and then tournaments on the weekend. Uh, polo was less of a sport and more of a vocation. I don't want to make it sound all bad. I certainly had fun doing it most of the time, but if I'm being honest with myself, I can't believe I spent so much of uh, my life doing something that amounted to absolutely nothing. I couldn't tell you where any of the medals or trophies were, and to be honest, I don't think we even won that many. By the time my senior year rolled around, I realized that I wasn't going to be playing in college. College water polo in California is like a roller coaster. There are certain height requirements, and though my driver's license may say 5'10", who are we fooling? <laughs> my enthusiasm started to wane as I realized my time in the pool was coming to an end. One of my last memories of life in water polo was my coach calling a meeting after a particularly bad loss. He set us down in the weight room and one by one told us how bad we were at water polo. Now that didn't really bother me. I mean, he was the coach. If I wasn't any good, wasn't that kind of his fault as well? <laughs> but then he took the time to tell us how we'd all amount to nothing beyond high school. Somehow my inability to make a game a priority in my senior year of high school was going to directly correlate to my inability to be a productive member of society. This molder of men and shaper of young minds called me lazy and apathetic. I don't know about lazy, but apathetic, whatever. <laughs> so in the future, if you happen to run into someone that plays water polo, skip the lame joke and instead ask them if they ever had to do jugs or what time they woke up for morning practice. Hell, I bet if you ask them if their coach was a pathetic little sociopath who enjoyed taking his failures in life out on teenagers, they may even say yes. <laughs> Thank you very much, Mark. That line in there, uh, I can't believe I spent so much of my life doing something that essentially amounted to nothing. That's what nerds are, dude. That's all we do. That's all we do. Uh, last story of the night is the birthday boy, Mr. Chris Geiger. So I, I thought about this today, and, and I was thinking about like whether I should talk about it or not, and I just decided, why the fuck not? Because this is... Like, Alcohol is Anonymous for, for, for nerds. <laughs> so, um, so I've never been much of a sportsman. I certainly enjoy sports. I like football. I enjoy basketball, I suppose. I like going to baseball games and eating and drinking. <laughs> uh, and, uh, so I like sports. Uh, but there was one thing I did from middle school until today, uh, all day until I came here, uh, that has been my sporting 
competitive endeavor. And you might say, what it, and especially my roommate might say, what did you what did you train for today? Because you were in bed all day watching 30 Rock. And I'll tell you what it is. I'll tell you what it is. If you guess Pokemon, you would be right. Uh, uh, I love Pokemon. Uh, and scene. Uh, no. See you all later. Uh, yeah, no, from middle school until today, I've been playing Pokemon. Uh, and it, it's been intermittent. It's been an intermittent love affair. I couldn't tell you every single fucking Pokemon, but I could tell you the best ones. And, and I could tell you the best moves, because that's all that's important. Uh, and, yeah, yeah. Coughing. Uh, and then, in middle school and high school, I played, and I didn't really, like, I wasn't competitive with it. Uh, and then in, uh, in college, I was okay. And then, uh, two years ago... <laughs> I picked up Pokemon Diamond. Uh, not Pokemon Pearl, because that sounds like a woman's, like, thing. Yeah. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> sounds, like, sounds like an applicator of some sort. <laughs> I picked up Pokemon, Pokemon Diamond, and then, consequently, like, all the Pokemons I missed and started literally collecting them all. Uh, and... And uh, it was right around when Nerdalog started, and they made fun of me, like, so much for it while I was playing. And I did it in secret. Like, I spent all this time in secret playing Pokemon and training them. Because there was a competition coming up in Chicago, right? And I was like, I was like, you know what? I'm going to do this. Like, I, for once in my life, I'm going to a competition, and I'm going to fucking rock a competition at something, you know? Like... So I, like, I spent time on forums and on, like, message boards and, like, talking to people about, like, the... I've watched YouTube videos. I was like, oh, yeah, so I'm going to get the ride on and I'm going to get this in with this thing and I'm going to sweep that guy and do that. All technical talk. Uh, I had the best team ever. Uh, and there's, there's... Believe it or not, in Pokemon, there is a really intense level of training called EV training uh, that is... That if you're competitive, that's what you know. Like, if you're just playing Pokemon, if you're a child and you're playing Pokemon, you don't ever have to know this. But if you're competitively training, then you're, like, buffing stats. You're fighting guys specifically to buff stats into a certain direction. So I was doing that for, like, days on end. You know, in between rehearsals and shows, I was, like, on the train, you know, buffing stats on things. And finally so it finally was like all right signed up for the competition i go to the competition i didn't tell anyone i was doing this <laughs> my girlfriend at the time i was just like no i'm just going to the game stop and i so i have my ds like i have my fucking like four man team because they only have four mans for competitions you know like the best team i've ever made like the toughest team and i'll tell you who they are later uh, i don't care for this <laughs> but, uh, but and I show up, and as you'd expect, there were a bunch of 12-year-olds. <laughs> that was the entire field, right? Destroy them, Chris. <laughs> so that's what my thought was. <laughs> right? At the time I was 24, I was like... I'm gonna win this. <laughs> And all these 12-year-olds are there with their parents, you know, and they're like, yeah, and they have, like, their Pikachu hat and, like, you know, uh, like, their, their Pokemon jackets and stuff like that. And they're, like, ready, and they're, like, 
like they're showing off their teams they're like i got this team because it's real cute you know i got like pikachu and i got all this stuff because it's real cute and i like this team and i'm like i got the destroyer of worlds on my team like i have the team that will destroy your team like you put out a pokemon dead put out a pokemon dead put out a pokemon dead i don't fucking no quarter given on my pokemon <laughs> I turn my Pokemon into real bastards. Like, like, you see the cartoon and they're like, we're gonna go win. My guys are like, no, fuck all of you. We will destroy worlds. So I was like standing there and I watched all these 12 year olds playing and I'm like, I can't do this. I can't do this. And I withdrew. Um, and because you can play online, so I can still whoop ass online. But uh, I didn't want to crush all these 12, because I was 12 playing Pokemon in middle school, right? And I remember my really cute team of Pikachu and a Squirtle, Squirtle that I named Bubbles, and that I loved this team, and I crafted them so horribly into doing nothing. They were ineffectual, you know, like slapping each other, you know? like And thinking it was the best team on the planet, you know? And I had crunched the numbers. I had figured out the game, you know? And... It didn't feel right to do that to them. So I withdrew, and now I still play, but I play for my own edification. Uh, and the kids can have the tournaments. So. Thank you, Chris. Hey, guess what, Chris? Yeah, what? I actually do have a birthday present for you. Da -da -da. I wanna be the best. No one ever was. To catch them is my real test. To train them is my cause. I will travel across the land, searching far and wide. Each Pokemon to understand the power that's inside. Pokemon, gotta catch them all. The Nerdologues Present Your Stories is sponsored by the Chicago sketch comedy troupe The Nerdologues and is recorded the third Sunday of every month at the Upstairs Gallery in Chicago, 6219 North Clark Street. The stories you hear have been prepared and presented by the speakers on a volunteer basis. Your Stories is recorded and co-produced by Sean Patrick Boyle. Our theme song comes from the band State Shirt. For more information on The Nerdologues, Your Stories, and more, go to www.nerdologues.com.